I don't know what it was. He's walking upright like a man. Sightings in and around Vermont. Bigfoot sightings across New England have been reported. Red glowing eyes, about seven feet tall. Red eyes, big old fangs, claws coming out through. Three inches long, you know, just sharp as they could be. There has been another UFO sighting flying over the Royal Botanic Gardens. There are 500 UFO sightings in the world every month. The truth is out there. At the time we're going to release this, it is Memorial Day. Huh. No shit, I forgot about Memorial Day. I don't get it off, so that's why I forgot about it. So <laughs> I do, and I have no excuse. So, uh, huh? Okay. So is this Im- so, is this a theme? A theme? Like, like a memor- tangentially related to Memorial Day episode? No, not in okay. even remotely in the slightest. Okay, so I- I'm we're really at least saying we're on that. brand for having only... episodes not related at all to what they're near. <laughs> Correct. So, um, important fact though. This yeah. week, uh, a movie that I have been looking forward to for four years is coming out. Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Is this a new Godzilla movie? Yes, it is. Nice. King of the Monsters is coming out on the 31st. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited. I have been keeping a total uh, media blackout on all the trailers. Oh, okay. I was going to send them to you, but I thought John has already seen all of these. Nope. I have. I've only seen the first one that had 11 in it, and I've seen clips of Ghidorah, but that's it. Okay. Then I won't even describe the trailers to you. Yeah. I've I've deliberately, like, I've seen all the new kaiju designs, but I have deliberately not allowed myself to watch them. Okay, cool. Because I am hyper excited for this. Godzilla learns to use chopsticks. Mm, I, I think he already knew how to use chopsticks. Just like that one cartoon. With a dog where they yeah. put the chopsticks in their hand and it's just like, it's easy, just do it like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty great. That's a pretty good bit. I forget what the name of that show was. It was like something dogs chan or something i don't know cheetan by the way has been on point with all of his posts recently he really has yeah or she i think it's a she technically i'm fine either way cheetan has just been on point with their posts (laughs) and it's pretty great no it's 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 pretty phenomenal uh still still targeting down uh john oliver though yeah well i mean it's it's new and exciting that they can do yes that is exactly it yes yeah i found i found the thing we were talking about oh it's uh inoko-san is okay that's, inoko-san. that's the like like uh yeah um <laughs> what were we talking about godzilla yeah man godzilla so well, it's more here's... you were talking about godzilla which is it's if it's not transformers it's godzilla Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fair. Uh, I I wanted to do a kaiju themed this week. Oh. But here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla is too complicated to do in a week, and I have to spend a lot more time working on Godzilla. Okay. And uh, the other one, the um, 
what's the word? I'm, I, I'm sorry. As I was saying what I was doing, I had Amazon open because I was going to look something up and I forgot what it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, Isekai's gone too far. Has Isekai, Isekai, I thought it's been getting better, right? Because there was well, Isekai good, then it was Isekai bad for a while. Now it's, I think it's Isekai good again. It, it is. There's some good stuff, but there's this. Um, I'm not going to say it. I want you to read the title. Okay. And hopefully I can paste it. Yeah, there we go. And boop. Okay, reincarnated as a sword. Okay, Isekai has gone too far now. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> like way, way too too hard. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, like I was on the fence at, on that time I got reincarnated as a slime until I watched it, and then I thought, I like it. This yeah, has gone yeah. too far. <laughs> reincarnated no, is, as a sword. This is This is way too far. Like, too far. And he's being carried around by a cat girl. Maybe Which that's it's... how all of that Pokemon came out. Like, Pokemon Sword. Uh, they're all just reincarnated humans. Yes. This is... I, I'm sorry. I'm just... This is now my day. After this podcast is over, I'm just learning more about this thing. <laughs> <laughs> because, like... I, I mean... <sighs> reincarnated as a sword... My like, body is metal. <laughs> Look into I my eyes move. when you sharpen me. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I feel. Oh, man. Whetstone. Continue. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> the wettest of stones. <laughs> so let's uh, let's avoid another 15 minute. Over. <laughs> oh, God. Um, be gentle with my hilt. Continue. Be gentle with uh, my pommel's ticklish. Careful with the cross guard. Don't touch the strong of the blade. Don't touch the weak of the blade. Uh, okay, so all that stuff that Brandon usually says on his weeks about Wikipedia and what it is, just 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 copy and paste what Brandon says. <laughs> and put it Imagine here. we said that. <laughs> Imagine we said that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm John. I'm Brandon. <laughs> and we're professional. We've done <laughs> this is our 36th one of these. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're not doing a cryptid this week again. Well, Ooh. we are. Okay. But it's not just one cryptid. Is it a... It's okay. a phenomena. Here comes... Well, I'll let you give me the info, then I'll have follow-up questions, perhaps. Okay. It's a so, phenomena. Um, Alright. So usually I do taxonomy, first sighting, all that stuff. Yeah. You can't really do that for this one. Uh, the region is New England. In, in particular, it's uh, southeast... Massachusetts. Okay. So near Cape Cod. Um, it was first conceived and reported upon in, ni- in the 1980s. Okay. But Ooh, that's recent. S- some people think that it goes back to the 1600s. Okay. So probably the 1980s. Probably the 1980s. So, yeah. Um, 
It's also a triangle phenomena. Okay, like a blank area triangle or the thing we are talking about itself is the shape of a triangle? We're talking about a blank area triangle, kind of like a Bermuda triangle. Yeah. Okay. So do you know which triangle exists in southeast Massachusetts? <sighs> okay. This phenomena, is it a constant one specific type of recurring thing or is it sort of like a a bunch of different things that are weird happen in this specific triangle it's so many different weird things that i literally couldn't fit them all in one episode oh man okay this is massachusetts this is i've i don't think i've ever been or can think of the name of any place within mass <laughs> so um wait wait what like boston oh boston yeah Limit? i forgot that's those that's not that's not massachusetts though those don't cape count. cod cape cod's in massachusetts all of the things i just said are in, are in massachusetts i know boston everywhere else are just names of places people go to on vacation but i don't know where they are holyoke birthplace yeah. of basketball Holyoke, Cape Cod. I did not know that was in Massachusetts. Legitimately, I just know it's a place. <laughs> it's a place people go on vacation, and that is all I know about it. Because I'm just like, it's a cape. There's water. There's people not going. So like that. <laughs> that's that's like the most northeastern sentiment about Cape Cod ever. <laughs> like it instantly went into the bucket of places i know i'm not going so i'm not gonna learn about <laughs> i'm i'm gonna say this getting to the tip of cape cod is a yeah. pain i believe it uh i remember my family drove there once and it's like ridiculous how long getting to like driving through cape cod is it's old and populated so none of the roads make sense <laughs> I That's like facts anywhere in the 13 like nothing the roads don't make sense for the current setup so just everything's awful <laughs> yeah it, it's it's well boston itself is yeah. a nightmare let me tell you yeah i uh listen i went to boston on vacation once yeah um and was it was it, it was... john john was it was it john was it john was it wicked awesome Eh? 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 No. I have coworkers no. who go through Massachusetts like every day and they're uh they call them mass holes. Mass holes. Yes. <laughs> Anywho. So uh yeah, it's so any guesses? My or... guess so this is a triangle. It's Massachusetts. They say the word wicked a lot, they have the Red Sox. I'm going to say it is the 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 Massachusetts So what are name places in Massachusetts? Boston, Cape Cod, and name one other place. Plymouth. Plymouth Holyoke. Plymouth Holyoke Triangle, because that rolls off the tongue better. Well, Holyoke is in uh western Mass like like western Massachusetts, yeah. so it's not that. Uh it's the Bridgewater Triangle. Oh, no shit. Okay. Hang on. Yep. Hang on, John. Wait. Wait. And actually, I'm saying that to me. You continue. I have 
in my secret list of things to that I could draw upon for uh, things, topics and such. Mm-hmm. Bridgewater trauma. I haven't looked at it. I just added it to the list because I heard someone say it once. So I was, <laughs> which is basically how I get all these. I make a list of things I, I, people said once, and then I look at them later. I mean, that's basically the definition of Wikipedia. Yeah. Like, I literally have my own personal list now. That's yeah. basically things that Lissa has sent me or that I've seen. <laughs> I, And then I also have, like, a list of topics that I'm actively researching where I, have, yeah. I just have it open, and I'll work on it for, like, a couple days, and I'll throw some stuff onto it, and then I'll move on. Um, I'm excited that you're doing this because I think I might have given it like a two-second Google and just went right away like none of these articles are long enough and just like didn't even <laughs> like didn't even give it the time of day. So here's the fact of the matter: uh, the Bridgewater Triangle is so many tiny itsy bitsy phenomena yeah. all stitched together that like each individual event probably takes like three seconds to talk. About. I probably saw, like, a couple articles that were, like, of one specific thing and just went, too short. I officially struck it from the record in my list of things I can look at. (laughs) Uh, So before we get into it, um, this week's episode was suggested by our Hodag-level patron, Connor Hughes. Hell yeah, Connor. What up? Connor Connor did Um, the, uh, if I recall correctly, um, suggested Puckwudgie. Um, Yes. Yeah, which another one where I looked at it and I was like, I wish. Ah. It's actually really close to your wheelhouse of things, the Puck Wadry, by it, the way. It is. It's there's, like super on your on your. There's style. so little on it. I have to find an academic article from like a real folklorist. Yeah. Like, there, it, well, that's a, it, it, that's it's a, a lot one. of things. Yeah. That's just a lot of things. Um, so I think that this is actually our third uh, – Listeners suggested topic. Hell yeah. Uh, the first being the Nightcrawlers, which you covered. Mm-hmm. The second being Skinwalkers. Thunderbird might have been one. I don't remember. I think someone posted Thunderbirds in the Facebook group uh, of just like a list of things that would be fun to, to get. Yeah. And then there's this. I should do so, Puckwudgie. I should, I should write something up for Puckwudgie. Even if it's not a like a full hour, I could still like... You should uh you should read the list of things that this episode's about, Brandon. Is it? I'm still. I haven't got read the outline part yet. Well, it's it's under the title. The Hawk uh, Swamp, and then uh Massachusetts. Oh, the, okay. Never mind. You did it. Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So now I don't um, have to look stuff up. Yep. <laughs> so um. For this week, I've got a few credulous sources, um, and by that I mean sources that are in support of the phenomena. Okay. Uh, there's the documentary, The Bridgewater Triangle, which I watched. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. We'll okay. Just say it's okay. Uh, there is a phenomenal section towards the end when they nice. talk about a hitchhiker, which is very funny. The the recreation that they did. Yeah. Where, nice hell yeah i recommend i recommend checking it out just that um there's also lauren coleman's book mysterious america which i purchased for this and then i realized well basically i looked at the table of contents and i realized that it would be useful for more than just this so i bought it um and then there's some excerpts from uh christopher forrest curious creatures of new england um 
now that I'm reading that, I realize now that I didn't t- use that book at all. <laughs> um, I did yeah. look at it for some other like other stuff surrounding area stuff, but I didn't use it as a primary source. Um, but it is a part of the sources that I read to prepare for this. Okay, um, I'll call it out anyways. Um. More skeptical sources and sources delving deeper into phenomena, as always, will be cited in the show notes. Because they're they're more or less okay. Yeah, I know I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, so before we begin, uh, we should kind of outline what the triangle is. So in the in the the research thing that you have access to, Brandon. Yeah, uh, I've got a picture of the Bridgewater Triangle. It yep, is I'm observing 200... um, a, 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 basically a geometric shape comprised mm-hmm. of only three lines. Um, I would classify it as isosceles if I had to. Um, uh, it might be scalene. Or it could be scalene, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's... Uh, I would, the best way, way I could describe it is it's triangular in appearance. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I also just realized that is probably the first time I've used the term scalene in at least a decade. <laughs> um, yup. <laughs> so it's a it's a 200 square mile triangle. Yes. Um, and traditionally, it's drawn between the three towns of Abington, Rehoboth, and Freetown uh, in southeastern Massachusetts. Uh the original triangle was outlined by Lauren Coleman in his book, Mysterious America. Uh, some people have begin to, begun to say that it's not necessarily accurate, but I think that's just people trying to ascribe uh, phenomena to an existing phenomena mm-hmm. just because they feel like it. Yeah. And it's not so much... It's It's one of those things where... Weird sightings happen everywhere, and just because it happens near a triangle that was arbitrarily selected by someone in the 1980s, it yeah. doesn't mean that it, it it's it's a continuation of the phenomenon. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah, <laughs> we should just name a triangle. We just find places and, and declare a triangle somewhere. Ulster County Triangle. Boom! Booyah! There we go. Uh, oh wait, wait. Uh, the Hudson Valley something triangle. that involves something that involves uh, Elmville. Yeah, like that's 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 dead center of it. So anything else, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we should make the world's smallest uh, strange phenomena triangle, where it's like just three businesses that are on different sides of a road, but they're all like real close. Um, I, I'll tell you the world world's uh, smallest paranormal phenomena triangle. Yeah, uh, it's centered around my toilet. <laughs> oh no uh so for years the bridgewater triangle has been a hotbed of paranormal activity yes so is your Stories, toilet yeah it has been for several years i've had this house for three years so that entire time has been a wild ride for that toilet let me tell you um stories of ghosts cryptids and even demons abound Ooh. in this haunted region and okay. now when i say demons i say i mean like matt demons yes matt demons and Satanic Panic. Oh, I forgot about Satanic Panic. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't know if I'm going to get into it on this this particular series, but it's uh, kind of weird. Uh-huh. So, the region is, is said 
by some, namely the in the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, uh, to be the victim of a Native American curse. Okay, the start of every good Stephen King movie. Pretty much every Native American curse, New England writer. Yeah, those are the three. That's the that's the trifecta. Oh yeah. Um, if all three are happening, bad stuff is about to happen to that main character. Oh yeah. Um, the hypothesis posits that King Philip's War, also known as Metacom's War, is the catalyzing event for this curse. Honestly, not sure about this idea. Kind of smells like people are making a scapegoat out of Native Americans. Yeah. Well, you know uh, that this, what you're reading about right now is what the video game Prey was based upon. Was it? Yeah. Not we're new about Prey. The- Old We're talking prey. about Portal Prey, which takes place in, I want to say, like, Nevada. It takes place in, like, old Xbox demos. <laughs> yeah, I never bought the game. I always wanted to buy it, but I never I did. did. Yeah. Like, it was one of those games I wanted to play, but I never played. Like, yeah. I never got it. Uh-huh. I think someone we knew had a copy of it, but... It, it, it was portable well, for portably. It was it was a good game. I played the demo like a lot, but I never. Yeah. Because it, it, it is at that point in time where it's like I, I didn't just have the income to just buy every game I wanted all the time. Yeah. yeah. And then and then when you can have the income to buy every game you want all the time, you don't play them. Yeah, yeah. You just don't have to. You either have the time to play all the games, but not the money, or you have the money to play all the games, but not the time. Yeah. Also, what's the deal with airline food? <laughs> uh fantastic so uh there is also a theory that metacom's war is a fact in fact a result of the bridgewater triangle phenomena which was posited by wbsm paranormal radio host of the spooky south coast uh show uh tim weisberg which i which he pr- presented this theory in the uh the bridgewater triangle documentary I have my doubts. I do too. So, that being said, I think it's a good time to give a brief history lesson on Metacom's War. Nice. Uh, because it's a seminal moment in North America history. And it's I an learned extremely, about it. extremely dark chapter in American history. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, insert dollop me screaming uh, 1675 because I don't feel like screaming because I have a headache. Fair. Um, so, the war in question lasted from 1675 to 1676. And while it was superficially a conflict between New England and Native Americans, uh, well, the New England English and the New England Native Americans. I misread my own copy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Welcome to the club. Yep. Uh, it's been considered by uh, some to be a civil war between some of the participating Native American tribes. Um, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of details about that, but basically the idea is there was King Philip's faction mm-hmm. and then there were factions that allied with the English. So it was one of those types of situations where yeah, uh, because they were siding with each other, they would were like basically going at each other. Gotcha. Um, it, I think historians have become to like view it in that light i found like an article about it and yeah. that's where most of my my sourcing is coming from because 
quite frankly, I didn't have the time to do a full in-depth study of Metacom's war. Yeah. Because it's also like a hyper bloody war with a yeah. lot of like moving parts going on. Okay. Um, so it should be noted, however, that this war relative to the population of the area is literally the most deadly war on American soil. Oh shit. Because okay. the number of individuals who died relative to the population result, as a percentage was greater than yeah. gotcha. That reminds like, me. Yeah. Like not even joking. Native Americans in the area. About 50% mortality rate. Oh, damn. Yeah. There's a, I read an article, and there was a, a surgery on a single person, and the doctor involved has, it was the only surgery with a 300% mortality rate, because he was performing a finger amputation, and he did it so quickly and dumbly that he amputated the finger of the intended person, and of his, and of his assistant, both died of sepsis and one onlooker who died of shock. What? So there was a 300% mortality rate on this one surgery. Oh my god. <laughs> that that's a bad day. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Like everyone involved, that's a bad day. Yeah. Also shock? Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. Like it's a thing but... you read about but you're I don't I can't picture yeah i mean i've never really been in a situation where i experienced shock so like of that nature yeah like sudden shock i've never experienced that so. mm -hmm. although i was shocked on at least two occasions in my life uh-huh were they both like video links you were sent over aim no no i mean physically shocked oh i've been shocked so, a few times there was the the instance when I was trying to use a uh, multimeter on oh a, yeah AC power line, uh huh, and the multimeter exploded, and I thought I lost my hand <laughs> because it went into my hoodie. <laughs> I I literally I literally I didn't know that. So I heard about that because you told yeah. like what it happened. We were in the yeah. same class when it happened. I heard about it. You didn't tell me you thought your hand went away. So <laughs> so for everyone who wants to know, I was playing with an old well not playing. I was doing a lab assignment in high school yeah. with one of those old uh, scissor switches type things. It was like a whiteboard. Yeah. And I was trying to get a solid read on the current through it, right? Yeah. For whatever reason, my brain was not thinking. And I'm like, man, I can't get these the amperage to, to stay consistent. It was uh, connected directly to a wall outlet. And if you, are, if you don't know what a wall outlet is, it's alternating current. What is current measured in? Amps. <laughs> so I held it on there for long enough. That the multimeter, which is not designed, uh, that particular one was not designed for alternating current. Uh, it exploded in my hand. <laughs> and when I pulled my hand away, I looked down and, oh, hey, my hand's gone. That hurt way less than I was expecting it would. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah, the teacher wasn't in the room at the time. so. No. Uh, and then the other instance was when I was renovating my house, I may have grabbed a power outlet that was still active live. I have done that 
so many times. Yeah. Like, I've, not... I've taken Walker and just the, the 115 AC, like, so much. Yeah. Like, the uh, the grounds on all the outlets on, uh, on my house, the ones that have them, um, are located on the front. So if mm-hmm. you try to uh, pry the faceplate off of this flathead screwdriver, new ones, they're on the side. Old ones are on the front. You just take that out. So so I've, I've you know, had to go and reset the breaker a few times. Uh, I've just stuck stuff into outlets once. Uh, I've had stuff <laughs> plugged into an outlet and uh, while working on it, and I've taken that a few times. <laughs> There's It's happened enough where at my old job, I was working on a machine that was running, and um, I, I it was pretty tight, so I had my hand just against uh, a, a solid-state relay, and mm-hmm. it's happened to me enough at, by that point in time where, like, I was working on something, and I felt it, but it didn't register in my mind that it was – I was getting shocked. I just thought I had my hand <laughs> no. on something that was, like, a little bit sharp. So, I, I like, I wasn't even moving it. I was just like, this is uncomfortable. But then I was like, this is uncomfortable at repeating intervals. And then I was like, oh, I'm getting electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilariously horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's also how I used to check if capacitors were charged. You just real quick with your fingers, just bam, not like big ones, like ones on the side of a little compressor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bam. <laughs> you know, and if you get zapped, guess what? It had a charge. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, then you're good. Uh, okay. Well, getting back to Medicom's war. <laughs> uh-huh. So the war itself was uh, kickstarted by the murder of John Sassaman. He was okay. a uh, uh, English-aligned Native American, okay, uh, who had claimed that Medicom was getting ready to attack the English prior to his murder. Um, allegedly, three uh, Wampanoag Native Americans who were members of Medicom's tribe had murdered him like in a pond or something. I saw like a yeah. uh, image of like the death of John Sassaman. I didn't yeah. reproduce it here. But... So real quick, just so I get the order of events uh, yeah. correct. So <clears throat> Medicom was murdered. And then after Medicom is already dead, John Sassaman then says to the English that he was getting preparing to an attack or no, he said no, to the no. English, he was preparing to attack. And that occurred before Medicom was murdered. So he was alive <laughs> At the time of John Sassaman uh, informing the English. Medicom is still alive for like another, another like two years. At this point okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, John Sassaman's the one who dies. Oh, okay. I so dig it. he, it's basically a snitch. It's prior to his own murder. I gotcha, yeah. I gotcha. So he told the snitches. English this prior to his own murder. Gotcha. It's a snitches get stitches type thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. They don't fuck uh, around, man. I will say though, it is alleged. Okay. So, uh, I don't know if that is actually what happened. Probably is. Let's be real. But I don't know if that was exactly what happened. So, oh, oh, I just, <clears throat> it was very hard. I was going to do a bad accent saying snitches get stitches, but I didn't because I'm a cool guy. Yeah. I would have been very upset and we would have cut that out of the episode. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's mostly uh, why I didn't do it. Cause I yeah. don't feel like editing that much. Yeah, that would not have made it in the episode. Uh, So, 
effectively, this act lights the powder keg brewing in the region, which is like the Plymouth Colony region. Yeah. Um, and it basically what was happening was there was a conflict over resources. Uh, the English were basically bribing Native Americans with like they were liquoring them up and then yeah. getting them to sign things to sign over their land. Yeah. Uh, which is really shitty. Medicom, Medicom was actively trying to be like, hey, can we get this outlawed? Please? Yeah. Because this is not okay. Yeah. Um, Fantastic show, by the way, that reminds me of this is yeah. Frontier on Netflix. They're on season three, stars Jason Momoa, and it's all about like the English, the Native Americans, and the fur trade. But it's it's way better than a show about that would sound. Really? I mean, it does sound like not gonna lie there's a lot of drama that happens around that because really when you think about it it's people's livelihood mixed with where people like people's land and all that stuff there's a lot of uh inherent to the nature of it there's a lot of stuff that's important to people and emotions can run really hot yeah yeah it's like a legit real good show lots of action he can kill um, people with axes fuck is honking a horn uh <laughs> so anywho basically this is a powder keg situation yeah right and like even medicom's brother had been uh had died years earlier after being like kidnapped by the english and then getting sick in frontier jason are... momoa kills someone with a powder keg continue <laughs> jason momoa that's um call drogo from game of thrones yeah 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 that's yeah. what i thought or okay. aquaman more recently Yes. Um, so the bloody fighting only ended with the capture and subsequent drawing and quartering of Medicare oh, at the shit. hands of the British. They don't this happened around. Yeah, no, they don't. This happened in, 17, in 1676, although skirmishes did continue until 1678, and there was a treaty that was signed. Okay, being drawn and quartered is not as fun as it looks in that one uh, uh, movie, Mel Gibson movie. Uh, I've never thought it looked fun, but okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, this war resulted in the deaths of 600 colonists. Okay. Keep in mind, this is 1676 colonists. I yeah. hit my mic again. Um. <laughs> The destruction of 1,200 colonist homes. Okay. And the complete decim- like complete eradication of 12 of the 90 settlements in the region. Okay. Um, so that's pretty destructive. Be, yeah. It should be noted, the British didn't expand in this area for 50 years after this oh. because of how destructive the fighting was. Yeah. So it was serious. Um, that being said, the Native Americans fared way worse in this situation. Uh, About 2,000 were killed in fighting, 3,000 died to disease and sickness, and 1,000 were sold into slavery. Shoot. Yeah. Uh, so actually that number that I said before, the 50% number, uh, that was lowballing it. Yeah. Um, so... If operating on that oft-repeated theory that this is, like, you know, the notion of places have a memory trauma, yeah, like memory of trauma and stuff like that. Then this is a good candidate. 
yeah, this would be a pretty good place for there to be a paranormal storm. Um, that being said, pure conjecture, right? Yeah. Uh, there's no evidence to support this hypothesis. And let's be real, everywhere would be haunted. Every, yeah, all of New England. All everywhere. of New England. Would well, be, well, no, I mean, all of the United States. All the everywhere. States. No, all it's, of the world. Everywhere yeah. would just be fucking ridiculous. I mean, the United States is just basically a big Indian burial ground if we're going to get real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the whole place. Yeah. Um, so, while this is not considered to be, canonically, the uh, phenomenon of the region, it, without a doubt, happened in this yeah. area. Right? And, like, I feel like talking about the Bridgewater Triangle without talking about Medicom's war is a disservice to the one very definitely verifiably real thing that definitely happened in the area. Yeah. So I want to also like, like once again, this happened. Yeah. Like five, uh, almost 6,000 people died as a result of this. (laughs) It's not something to be made light of in any way, shape or form. Um, but now let's get into the more danceable stuff. So yeah. that's that's it for the the, the history lesson, the, the serious portion of Cryptopedia this week. Um, so in the Bridgewater Triangle, there is a region known as the Hakamak Swamp. In addition to being uh, a major, in addition to being a wildlife management center, it is also the primary water source of the region. Um. Like the very, swamp is the water source. Well, it's 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 like lowlands. Like I got gotcha. it's a water it's a water table. Yeah, right. Um, according to various sources, although uh, not sure if this is an everyone citing everyone case, like last yeah. week's episode. Uh, Hakamak is an Algonquin word, which may be translated as place where spirits dwell. Um, Lauren Coleman also had two differing translations of being. Devil and evil spirit. Okay. Basically, there's an intrinsic link between the name of the swamp and spirits. Gotcha. So, just, just, that's pretty much all you need to take away from that. Okay. Um, one of the creatures that is said to have appeared in the swamp is the Puckwudge. Hell yeah! I got, I got Can't, don't chew on the headphones. Continue. <laughs> so, I have a picture of the Puckwudge there. It looks like it was drawn in 2012, and I don't know what their name is. Yeah. Um, it's like literally the only picture of the Puckwudgie I could find. Puckwudgie I could find. Yeah, they're little that was, dudes. That was not related to Harry Potter. Oh, was it? <laughs> There's so much fan art about House Puckwudgie now that it was like, I want to just. Uh, can I just find one? Oh no. Okay. Like, is there any? Oh, There's no, a House no Puckwudgie. Yeah, it's it's in the uh Is that like new... extended universe stuff? Yeah, it, it's in the like Fantastic Beasts and where to find them stuff. Is it? Like I know yeah. they had a lot of stuff. I know it was a house though. They had a lot of yeah. creatures, so I couldn't see a Pugwedgie creature. I well, don't recall a uh is that in the new the second one? It, it's I didn't see either of them, but I guess it's like Pottermore and like there's a yeah. the first one's a, fun. Yeah. There's an American school of wizardry and House Pugwedgie's one of the houses. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, legends abound in the Hakamak Swamp about the Native American spirit of the Pukwudgie, which I wrote before I finished researching everything. Yeah. 
uh, there's at least one tail, and then there's a ton more tails farther south. So maybe I was a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. I was. A, I was a little bit uh, optimistic you, about. You jumped the gun. You jumped, I jumped the, shark. the gun, and then I forgot to rewrite what I wrote. So, um, the Pugwaji, described by Charles Hoffman as the little man of the woods that vanishes, is a spirit of Algonquin war. Uh, comparisons in its appearance and stature may be likened to the Red Cap, episode one, a gnome, or the Leprechaun, episode twenty-nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, basically, think of it as a small person who's... Little dudes. Yeah, they're little dudes. They're little dudes. Um, generally speaking, the Pukwudgie is a regional creature. Um, in the Greek lakes, Great Lakes, it's generally good-natured, uh, but it's not dangerous. So it's like a trickster, right? Okay. Uh, in the Northeast Algonquin tribes, so like main area, the Pukwudgie is a vengeful spirit who is only dangerous to those who have wronged him. Yeah, people who put things up on tall shelves. Yeah, those those. Yeah, they get they a ride special lots place. of fairground stuff. God damn it, Brandon. <laughs> um, so the the original Native Americans, the Wampanoag, which we talked about before, mm-hmm. of the Honkamock Swamp, viewed the Pukwudgie as a capricious creature, just as capable as leading you to safety as dropping you off a cliff. Oh, what a dick. Yeah, so, like, it, it's one of those situations where, hey, you could follow the Pukwudgie. He might take you back home safely, but he also might murder you. Yeah. Right? So, regardless, um, in this iteration of the creature, it's as likely to play a harmless trick or help its human neighbors as it is to kidnap a child or poison a well. <laughs> and with well poisoning. That's rough. It, yeah, it said sabotage, but I assume by sabotage they meant, like, That's literally. the only way you can... What, was he going to yeah. fill it with sponges? Yeah. So, um, in their lore, the Pukwudgie is opposed by the cultural hero, Masha. Interestingly, cultural hero, in the context of the story, is sometimes referred to as Transformer by some folklorists. Oh. And as such is now in my vernacular. So you will never hear me say the term cultural hero again. I am only going to say Transformer. <laughs> Transformer Mashup was a giant married to a powerful woman, medicine woman, a little person, Squanit. It should be noted that Mashup was also strongly associated with whales, and his children would eventually have the ability to transform into whales. What? Uh, That's pretty awesome. I'm going to say this. The skinny on whale road a- action jokes literally yeah. wrote themselves in my mind <laughs> that's fair that's yeah very I, fair. honestly honestly i don't need to even bring them up because it's there yeah like <laughs> if you understand the hot skinny on whale action joke yeah you got the joke i don't need to do anymore because <laughs> here's the thing i could make that joke but it's not going to land with people who aren't familiar with it at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but the people who are familiar with it, they got it. They get it. That's lazy on my part, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, returning to the Pukwudgie, Mashup is traditionally the enemy of the Pukwudgie. And in some kel- tellings, both he and his son are even killed by them. Okay. So, 
effectively what happens is Mashup is favored by the Wampanoag. Yeah. Um, the Pukwudgies, being jealous creatures, uh, they basically turn into teenagers and act out for attention. Gotcha. Like, if you read the source, that is almost beat for beat what happens. Like, they're, like, jealous that Wampanoag is paying attention to the humans and, like, is in a better place of honor with the humans. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, well, if you're not going to like us, well, uh, uh, we're going to we're gonna steal your kids. Hmm. Or, or <laughs> we're going to tie your shoe, your, uh, your moccasin laces together, yeah. I guess. Yeah, we'll tie your shoelaces together or poison your family. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. It depends yeah. on whether or not I've been listening to some new metal. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, so like historically speaking, that's like like uh, folklore speaking. That's pretty much everything on the, the Pukwudgie. They're tricksters. Yeah, and they they vary region to region. And like at that point, you can pretty much just talk about uh, specific sightings. Yeah, uh, like I've been trying to do a Pukwudgie episode for a while. Have you? <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is basically all I was I was able to. to suss out okay okay the road's been rough for curious george i will tell you that much. oh yeah yeah i took a screen chapter from uh the bridgewater triangle of the yeah site of, of the uh one of the sightings of the Pukwudgie, and uh yeah it does look like curious george has had a bad time there the rendering from the bridgewater triangle looks like <laughs> he's on like his second divorce it's four in the morning on a tuesday and he's walking home from the bar like that's actually, the... <laughs> that's actually pretty close. Yeah. Like, like to the story itself, too. Oh, is it? Yeah. So, sightings of the Pukwudgie reportedly continue to this day in the Bridgewater Triangle. In particular, there's one in the Hakamak Swamp, which appears in the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, as we're making jokes about the image in the, uh, uh, the episode. Yeah. Research. Um, an interview is performed about an episode in which William Rosso may have run into a Pukwudgie in 1990. May is the operative word because, uh, well, we'll get into it. <laughs> so, at the time of the sighting... May could be interchangeable with didn't, but continue. Yep. At the time of the sighting, <laughs> Rosso had been working the late shift in his hometown of Raham, Massachusetts. One night, which is inside the Bridgewater Triangle. So, yeah. um, One night, after getting off work, he was taking his dog for a walk under the high-tension wires behind his house. Um, if I, I'm sure most people have like some high-tension wires near where yeah. they live. That makes sense to me. Uh-huh. I'm not going to lie. Because it's just like, a, it's like a, a swath of land cut through the forest. Oh, yeah. And it's regularly maintained because they need to get access to it and vehicles and all that stuff. So I get that. That, that jives with me. Oh, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So as he approached the streetlight, which apparently he like must have left the trail and gone onto the street. Um, I don't know. I couldn't figure out the exact geography of this story. Yeah. Uh, as he approached the streetlight, his dog became spooked and it was like a, I think it was a shepherd Rottweiler mix. The guy says, okay. Um, its name was Samantha. And I remember that because when I watched that scene for the first time, I wasn't like fully paying attention. And he was like, Sammy was getting so spooked. And I'm like, 
huh? I had to like rewind it because I thought yeah. that he was talking about an actual human being. Yeah. As though they were a dog. This is my dog, David. Yes. <laughs> um, this is my 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 dog Beauregard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he begins to hear a high pitched whine sound, which he describes as sounding like Ewanchu Kia Kia, and it just repeated basically. Did he do an impression of it, or did he just say it deadpan? He does do an impression of it. Okay. How's uh, that go? I'm not going to do it. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, <laughs> you threw me yeah. off. You yeah. threw me off my groove. <laughs> Sorry. Going to have to throw you out a window. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's defenestration. Yeah. I will defenestrate you. Oh, that sounds real gross. Yeah. Um, Autoerotic defenestration. <laughs> Unless I'm falling out a window, I just it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, so a small figure walks into the light on two legs, and the small figure is the one that we've been talking about in the picture there. The okay. uh, the curious Joris who sees better days. Um, the creature was three to four feet tall. Uh, and unclothed, looked kind of like a little man, had short hair covering his body, and a pot belly. Or as, like, or, or as you said, Brandon, uh, Curious George after two, two, two divorces. Yeah. Um, Brandon's typing something. No, I'm not. Nervous. Uh, <laughs> so the creature was the source of the noise. Uh-huh. Uh, Russo describes it as speaking to him and beckoning him closer. <laughs> So, uh, Curious George is asking Russo to get closer. Um, Russo left the scene hurriedly, uh, and he rarely shared his story until some 20 years later when he wrote a blog post to share the experience. Russo believes that the creature had been saying, We want you. Come here. Come here. I'm sorry. I just made stuff jump around on here. <laughs> All right. Well, Brandon has posted a very good picture. That is definitely what the Pug Bludgeon looks like. Um, he also, it also introduces the notion of rum ham into the Pug Bludgeon lore, which I yeah. do appreciate. <laughs> uh, so that's that's okay. Uh, it's it's Danny DeVito, in case you haven't uh, sussed out that bit. So, since this is the first disputable claim that we've come across, I want to point out two major concerns in the account. Yeah. First, this occurred late at night, immediately after getting off work around midnight. Second, the account was retold years later. Right? Um, And while I can't say he didn't actually see anything that night, there is no strong evidence that the Pukwudgie, or even an alien, was actually there. It might be actually, and if I'm being so, if he gets off work at midnight, he might be working like second shift. Yeah, it was like four to midnight or something like that. Yeah, is what he said. So, I don't know about you, but after I get off work, I'm a little dead. Just, just, just a smidge. (laughs) But, but part of that also comes from the fact that I have extreme anxiety. Yeah, (laughs) and work is one of my anxiety triggers. So you know. It's one of those fun things. Oh, yeah. 
now, if I'm being credulous and I'm like, you know, kind of yes anding this guy, yeah. I would like to see if there were any mysterious disappearances around then. Um because the myst- the this mystical creature may have absconded with some other late night late night travel. Oh, okay. Or it was a man needing some sleep who misinterpreted an event that he misremembered years later. Yeah. Oh, that's true. This is years after the event. Yeah. I uh, got gotcha. Or Danny DeVito was prowling. Or Danny DeVito was prowling. Mm-hmm. And then I put some stage notes in here that are unnecessary. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah. <laughs> Pause for uh, discussion and jokes. Yep. <laughs> the um the fun thing is this is the this episode is the most prepared I've been for an episode in probably fifteen episodes. That's fantastic. There's because <laughs> I actually finished it more than a because I knew I was going to Detective Pikachu uh yeah. last night at the time of recording. I oh, finished so you got it, it on done Thursday. Before. I, I got gotcha. I got it done on Thursday. Okay. I knew I would need to get it done. Um, I'm excited so, for Detective Pikachu, man. Oh, it's very good. It's very good. Uh, so there are more Pukwudgie tra- tales in the Bridgewater Triangle. However, Ooh. those happen farther south, and we're going to okay. definitely cover them in the future episode. Okay. Uh, because I just wanted to limit what we're talking about to Hakamok Swamp in this episode. Yeah. And there's literally too much happening for me to handle in an hour. Okay. <laughs> or even an hour and a half. Because you know yeah. what? We're still not even done with the Hakamok Swamp. Because guess what? Oh, uh, shit. Our bread and butter. Yeah. And the most noteworthy inhabitant of the Hakamok Swamp. Uh, our third host. Yeah. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Uh, makes waves in the Hakamok Swamp. One of these days. We'll like actually figurative explain... or literal? Figurative. Like, okay. Figurative. I didn't see any instances of him, like, sloshing about. Gotcha. Unfortunately. Um, one of these days, we'll explain the origin of Bigfoot. Today is not that day. I picture him when it's a little with, like, uh, like water wings. Bigfoot with water wings. <laughs> That's very on, uh, on brand for Crookipedia, though. Yeah. <laughs> Just rolling around in the swamp. He's got a pool noodle, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, if he had a pool noodle, that would be phenomenal. Yeah. And like a little bit of that, that zinc on his nose. Oh, but he's got fur. Although yeah. I guess his face is a little bit bare. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. So in his book, Mysterious America, Lauren Coleman covers a rash of Bigfoot sightings in the Triangle. Um, in one instance, in 1970, heavily armed state and local police, along with a pack of hunting dogs, hunted a bear that had been seen by a number of local Bridgewater residents. Tracks were found um, in this hunt. However, I couldn't find any articles about the event or pictures. Oh. Uh, So I'm not discounting that the event happened. I'm just saying I personally couldn't find external corroborating evidence. Gotcha. And Lauren Coleman didn't cite any articles in his his book. Okay. Um, so, Lauren notes that bears are not currently endemic to this portion of Massachusetts, and I looked that up. The official Massachusetts website, uh, like the government site, yeah. does back him up, and okay. I, I reproduced the, the map of Black Bear Range in Massachusetts. Um, that being said, 
I am super cautious of saying that it's not a black bear because Occam's razor is that it was actually a bear. Yeah. Because escaped animals happen. Animals outside of their normal range happen. And places that are not reputable take care of large animals like bears and then don't report when said bear is lost. Like, yeah. remember recently there was a zebra that got loose? Oh, like, yeah. In the past couple of years? Like, yeah. it happens. Yeah. And, and in the case of a black bear, someone might not even report it because they're like, ah, there's bears yeah. there. And there are people with exotic animal collections that uh, might not necessarily supposed to have those animals. So then if one gets out, you're not going to be able to, you know, call someone. Yeah. And we're, we're talking about a region that's close to Connecticut. Yeah. Well, actually, is it close to Connecticut? No, it's close to Rhode Island. Regardless, it's all very waspy. Um, anywho, so in April 1970, there was also another flap for potential Bigfoot stories. Um, there were stories of mutilated pigs, sheep, sightings of large hairy creatures, and footprints after sightings of a seven-foot-tall creature. Okay. So, there was like a weird flap. Now, that's weird. I just, I've never associated Bigfoot with animal mutilation before. Right? That no, seems unique. That, but that was a part of it. Um, but that being said, uh, I think I remember reading somewhere where Lauren Coleman was talking about, I, it was on the Murphy Burroughs Mud Monster. Um, Lauren Coleman said that Eastern Bigfoot tend to be more violent and Western Bigfoot tend to be more chill. Okay. But I think that might be a cultural thing. Yeah. Because, like, it. all right, so we assume, if we assume that Bigfoot exists, Okay. That might be a species classification. If we assume that Bigfoot is a fabric of the public zeitgeist, that might be the fact of the matter is East Coast people are less are a little bit more high strung. You know and West Coast people are less like are more unwound. Description so that so the 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 social description fits that description also fits the difference between black and brown bear where we have black bear and out west there's more brown bear yes that's true yeah <laughs> that's true <Yeah>. anywho <laughs> let's let's just sweep that fact under the rug okay um of note one resident of bridgewater had complained to the police of a large bipedal creature uh making a ruckus in the backyards of the neighborhood a police officer <laughs> milk steak Rum ham. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's not large, though. He's short. Yeah, well, like, it's dark. You just hear weird noises. You see a glimpse of something darting from tree to tree out the corner of your eye. Who knows? I knew I, sh- I, knew I shouldn't have left that leather, leather couch in the backyard. A hundred percent of Danny DeVito's are born from leather, leather couches. Yeah, <laughs> like... Ace Ventura style, and the first thing you have to do is feed them a toe knife. That scene from When Nature Calls is still on my top ten of favorite it's, like, comedy bits. It's beautiful. It's perfect. The first time I ever saw it was out of context in a VHS store. Uh-huh. Where it was just, they had monitors, just like CRTs in the corner, playing uh-huh. different videos they had. And that, just out of context, was on one of the monitors. And I was That's- like... I need to see that one. That's phenomenal. 
Yeah. Also, that reminds me, we still haven't talked about the cryptid that is the Sonic movie. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's the the Sonic in the the Sonic movie. So one, if it weren't for the nightmarish creature that is Sonic the Hedgehog, and if it was just honestly, I'm not gonna lie, Jim Carrey looks hilarious. He does. He legitimately looks funny. Yeah. Uh, he's 90s carry, which I love. That being said, someone on Reddit pointed out that there's a pile of shoes in Sonic's uh, in Sonic's <gasps> headquarters. Yeah. That have been ruined because of his him running too fast. There's a very real possibility that an animator animated each of Sonic's toes individually. And there's going to be an articulated scene of his toes entering a new shoe. This is a real, real, real threat to human oh, no. humankind. This is so bad. Imagine like, that'd be the. I would have just quit if I was that guy. I, oh, I know. I don't need too. this. I know I work on commission, but I don't need this. <laughs> I yeah. I, I, that that movie. You definitely know that there were like interns who are like this is terrible you know that right who's the director of that movie uh that's a good question because that has a strong sway over whether or not there will be that foot shot you're talking about jeff fowler uh let's see what else did he do that's why this is right because if it was tarantino you know there's gonna be that foot scene yeah uh well the fact that uma thurman's not in it tells me it, Uma Thurman and uh yeah Johnny Depp aren't in it tells me that it's not uh yeah he did go for broke where the wild things are and the goon uh I'm looking at these movies and it doesn't okay well I'm not gonna pass judgment on his talent anywho uh back to the story so after Danny DeVito was making a ruckus in the backyards a police officer uh literally performed a sting operation on a bear. Yeah. Uh, and he reported having the rear end of his car picked up and dropped. And then when he flashed the searchlight, he saw a bipedal creature running away on two feet. Now, I... Oh. This is going to be his first feature-length movie. All right, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, really? Yeah, everything else he was, he did VFX. Um... Oh, no, oh. he did Go For Broke. No, yeah, but Go For Broke is a, a short. So this will be his first feature-length movie. That augurs well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, for the first time, uh, because of Magic the Gathering, I finally I finally understand what auger is. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because uh, Bolas' auger is a card. Oh, yeah. Um, so, unfortunately... I couldn't find any sources on the above story. It suffers from the same problem as last week, and the same problem as the previous story, and the same problem as Alien Big Cats, and the same problem as literally every story that we cover on Cryptopedia, it feels like. Uh, well, figuratively, because I think I found like a handful of cases where there is actually a newspaper story about it. Um, okay. The common problem of paranormal events... The actual source is buried in a cascade of self-referential posts. Uh, 
And in this case, the primary source of the paranormal reporters has become Coleman's seminal work. Oh, boy. Okay. And Lauren Coleman doesn't cite the actual newspaper or the actual sources of these things. Yeah. There's no names. There's no hard and fast locations, dates. Well, actually, there is one hard and fast date, and that was April 8th. Which uh-huh. I think – no, I don't, I don't say here. But that's it. I had nothing to go on to corroborate this story. Yeah, that's it's a so, that's unfortunate. That's very common. Yeah, and the honestly, that needs to disappear from our culture in general, not just paranormal reporting, but in general. Uh-huh. And I'm going to end it there. We're not going to go into any more detail. We're going to move on to a picture of a man playing guitar. Who, one, looks like a thumb, two, sunglasses indoors, three, uh-huh. playing an ovation guitar. So he, he does get a plus one for that one. I like ovations. I do like the fact that you were able to pick out the fact that it, the, the brand of guitar. Yeah, I've got one like right in the back corner over there. Not I have that exact model. I've got the, the, the other kind, but yeah. He, he <laughs> turned around and pointed at his guitar. Every <laughs> So, dipping back into the well of the Bridgewater Triangle, Carlston Wood, a child during the flap of the 1970s, uh, I totally botch my carefully crafted writing and carefully crafted language and grammar. Yeah. Because that was supposed to say, Carlston Wood was a child during the flap of the 1970s. (laughs) It's a different tone than uh, jumping straight into the fact that he was a child. So... During this time, while pay- playing in the woods on a frozen lake with the local boys and girls, Wood had yeah. an encounter. Screams filled the New England woods when a boy started, spotted a huge hairy man. That sounds about standard so far. Yeah. So according to Wood, the man was glimpsed by every kid in the group. Okay, That's still the story. normal. Oh, there's the whole story. That's the story. Okay. Uh, I don't mean to be a spoil sport, but... A group sighting, I spelt sighting, sighting with a C. <laughs> uh, by a swarm, my term, of course, of children, is not the most trustworthy of witnesses. No. The fallibility and suggestibility of a mob of adults' memory is bad enough. Later on top of that, it's a fact, like, it's a group of children. Yeah. Uh, and you have a recipe for Bigfoot, my friend. <laughs> That's Bigfoot. That is Bigfoot. That's Bigfoot waiting to happen. So, while there are no doubt countless more sightings of Bigfoot in the region, uh, no other sightings break the mold. Like, every other sighting is basically like this. Yeah. So, I'm not going to tell you every single one of these sightings. (laughs) Additionally, I haven't found any that occur past 2015. Well, I'm yawning. (laughs) We're getting close to the end. Yeah. Of this episode, because we're already at, yeah, we've, we've got enough. Um, <laughs> so, that barely scratches the surface of the paranormal phenomena that I found reported in the area. There's still more Pukwudgie stories, tales of the Thunderbird, alien big cats, giant snakes, mm-hmm. satanic panic, profile rocks, ghost hitchhikers, uh, shucky dogs, and just so much more. Okay. It's so a rather lot of than stuff, they, man. 
yeah. So rather than dilute any of the topics, this is going to be part one of the multi multi part series, as I said before. Okay. Uh, right on. This gives individual portions room to like be expanded upon. Let's me find better sources. Uh, <laughs> determine corrections. Formulate rebuttals and theories. And it might also give me a chance to visit the site, but I know how my life works. I will not have a chance to go three hours to Massachusetts. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's all I got on the Bridgewater Triangle this week. Ooh, nice. Well, definitely. There's definitely going to be a follow-up. I don't know if it's going to be the next episode I cover. Yeah. But there's going to be a follow-up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's all I got this week. So, as always... Uh, our website is cryptopediacast.com, which has all the links we're about to say. Uh, on Instagram, we're at cryptopediacast. On Twitter, at cryptopediacast as well. Uh, if you want to email us, cryptopediacast at gmail.com or us at cryptopediacast.com. We have a Patreon. Uh, there's three tiers on there right now. If you donate $2 or $2 and up in the Hodag or Jackalope tier, you get access to the research that we perform for each episode. Um if you're in the Jackalope tier, you also get access to new uh, wow, new podcasts. <laughs> so like you get new access audio content. to, to yeah. premium premium audio content. So mm-hmm. let's see, this is releasing the 27th. So two weeks ago, we should have released two episodes of uh, something that Brandon produced, and at the end of this week, we'll be releasing another uh, SCP. Nice. I'm excited for it. Um, if you want to follow us on Facebook, we do have a group and a page. Uh, but we also do all this stuff on Twitter as well. So yes, the Facebook group, by the way, is uh, what what do we have? It's like a closed. Like you got to ask to get in, but that's so that once you're in, like your friends and coworkers won't see whatever you do, so you don't have to worry about like posting something and then someone you work with figure like, seeing it unless they are also in the group exactly yeah um then uh what else are we uh if you like the show rate review subscribe uh itunes Castbox, wherever you get podcasts i don't think we have any stitcher reviews yet even though stitcher is no. like, a very popular download location for us apparently are we still like um, the number one comedy podcast in portugal <laughs> or something oh, like man. that. It was like, we <laughs> it was had a while that for ago. like a day in like Paraguay or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was bizarre. Like yeah. I, I I can't remember. Let me see. <laughs> uh, I think I saved it. Oh, did you? <laughs> it was like, like it was like a. It starts with a P and it's south. <laughs> like I want to say it was Paraguay. That much I'm comfortable with. <laughs> uh, podcast, pack, Patreon, Patreon, blah, blah, blah. Did I star it? Oh, no. did you star? I, I can't find it, but okay. we, we based it was very funny because one day we were like the most downloaded in in some uh, South American country. Uh, country. And yeah. I nearly died of laughter when yeah. that happened. 
Yeah, because we look at where everyone, uh, we like look at the heat map of like where do where are people listening? And we're just like, how are we number one there? Yeah, it was it was really funny. I think I think Apple no oh it was a chartable or something like that. Okay, like, sent us an email like, hey, just as an FYI, you charted. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Yeah. What? That was back in like October, I want to say. Yeah. So, um, anywho, if you got monster requests, like this episode was a actual topic request, uh, mm-hmm. be sure to send them in, and we'll be sure to cite you if we remember. Yeah, man. This one, Puckwudgie Connor Hughes. Actually, it was the Bridgewater Triangle in particular. Oh, was it specifically the Bridgewater Triangle? I thought it was just Puckwudgie. Okay. Puckwudgie was on the list, though. Gotcha. Um. If you have creepypasta or cryptopasta, I might read it. And oh my, oh my, my tired, my tired yawns are coming on. We have are you fighting this. it? Okay, I am fighting this. <laughs> if you'd like, you could find me on Instagram at donkey underscore hands. My website is boyerb.com. My email is brandon at cryptopediacast.com. and my Twitter is at crypto brandon. And just a reminder, it's Brandon with an O, B R A N D. Oh, and none of those other bad Brandons. Like Brayden, Braydon, Brandon. There's Brandon with there's Brandon, Brandon with, with a e. silent C. Yeah, Brandon. Yeah, that's the worst of them all. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. On Instagram, I'm at new twenty fifty seven. On Twitter, I'm at JF Dunham. Website johndunhamgames.com. And my and I burp while saying my email john at cryptopediacast.com. Our art was done by Tom Hill. You could find him on Instagram at Thomas Michael Hill. His website is greatergloryco.com and his email is tommikehill at gmail.com. And uh, I just remembered this. Yeah. Because I've forgotten literally every episode that was in the month of May. Um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Ah. And I forgot to mention that, even though I wanted to mention that. Yeah. Every episode, but it was only reminded to me when I was basically falling asleep a few seconds ago. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's NAMI is the organization that does it. They handle like mental health uh, education and stuff like that. So it's like yeah. reducing stigma around mental health and all that stuff. Check yeah. it out. It's cool. It's interesting. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah. That's NAMI, N A M I, by the way. Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, but anywho, uh, as always, I'm John. I'm Brandon. And things are going to get weird. Weird.